From Bainbridge Island to the Villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. Five out, baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show. This is Deb Harrison of PicklePongDeb.com, and here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Live from the PBX Club Studios in Asheville, North Carolina, it's the Pickleball Show. I am your host, Chris Allen, joined today by District Ambassador from Portland, Maine. It's Linda Einsiedler. Hey, Linda. Hi, Chris, and special shout out to the PBX fans out in Virginia. I met them last month. Yeah, we've got a bunch out there. I can see by the downloads that uh, a lot of lot of people listening in Virginia. Joining us also today, in addition to uh, Linda Einsiedler in Portland, Maine, we're going to Portland, Oregon, home of national women's champion Sarah Ansbury. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Chris. How's it going today? Going well. Thanks for making time for us today. Of course. We've had a lot of people that have been anxious to talk to you and get their questions answered. The videos that you've done on YouTube, they are just packed with such good information. The last one that you did regarding blocking was really good. And then the one before that with footwork, that one, uh, boy, I, I really, really, I need to watch that one a few more times. <laughs> After watching it, I sat there and I thought, you know, I really don't give hardly any thought to footwork at all nothing beyond probably just you know am i in the kitchen or not after that i'm always just thinking about reaching and and hitting and and that kind of thing and i think that a lot of my problem uh, with my stroke is that i'm not doing the footwork required to set up properly i'm thinking that i can solve everything just with my long arms that i can reach for everything and maybe it's a lazy way to play Uh, (laughs) but uh thank you for doing that video what kind of feedback have you gotten on that one and the other ones I've actually been pretty overwhelmed with the feedback for um, all of my videos. I really didn't know what to expect. I really just, um, I've been getting a lot of questions and I teach for a living and I really wanted to start getting out there with some of my pickleball information and it's really, really been overwhelming. I really kind of can't keep up with everything I want to do. Sometimes I feel like I talk a little bit too much because I have so much information in my brain. I just want (laughs) to spill it all out. But There's a concept that was in a book called um, uh, Made to Stick and it was about the curse of knowledge the the authors they said that once you know something it's hard to remember what it was like not to know it i i'm strongly yeah of that i one of the things that i have to constantly remind myself when i am teaching someone is that this is you know for me this is very basic information that i assume that just makes sense it's very rational to me but i know i have to constantly remind myself that other people well that's not common knowledge it's not something that entirely always makes sense so the videos that I've done so far, I've really tried to go over some basic things that any level of player can really associate with. I'm working on some videos right now that are more strategy-based and that can go to more advanced play as well. But, you know, all of those things that are in my basic videos about dinking or footwork are really important to high-level players as well. So, I mean, pickleball is very much about basics. Yeah, the fundamentals got that way for a reason, and that's because they work. Yes. Now you mentioned in the uh, in the footwork video, you said that a lot of people tend to hold their breath while they're dinking. Yes. After I saw it, the next time I played, I tried to be conscious of it, and I think that I do that, and I never realized that I did that. <laughs> and you said it makes you tighten up. It's not something people think about ever, really. I mean, it's it's just natural to kind of freeze up, and because you're trying to focus so much, you know, your brain is so focused on what you want to do 
but um, your body doesn't always connect with those things. And, and breathing is, is really the most basic way to relax your body as you're playing. It's something you actually also have to focus on if it's not a habit. You also went into uh, split stepping and did a real good demonstration of uh, different split, te- split step techniques. And uh, I'm guilty of knowing that it's the right way to play, but always thinking that right now I just want to I want to shortcut my way up to the line. And uh, I swear I'll do it right next time. But this time I'm just going to try to get up there real quick. What is a way? How can I break myself of that habit? Um, honestly, drilling is the best way to make a habit for when you're playing. And not everyone likes to drill necessarily, but I believe I showed um, a couple of drills too, where you're just moving forward from the back line up to the kitchen line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a big part of that is yes, we're trying to hit third shots and neutralize shots to get up to that line. But also, if you slow down and really forcefully say, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on getting on my toes. I'm gonna work on taking that split step every time before I hit the ball." then you have a couple of different focuses you're working on and and then it's much more of a habit. You know, it's all about creating that muscle memory where you don't have to think about it. Split steps are, you know, if you don't come from tennis, if you don't come from a sport where split steps are ingrained in you, it's very, very difficult. And so you really do have to put that extra effort of getting up on your toes and forcefully doing it over and over again until it's, until it's natural. I'm to the point where I I think I pretty much need an electric dog collar and and somebody (laughs) on the sidelines just to, just hit that button and give me a little shock uh, each time just to, just to remind myself because, boy, I, I get so frustrated with myself because I think, man, I know it's the right way to play. I don't need to be convinced of it that split stepping is important. It's just that it just doesn't occur to me when I get into a game. I can, I'll can i practice and practice and practice it. And then when it's game time, it's out the window. Yeah, it's, it's, tough, to, it's tough to shift your way of playing, you know, your habits from before to creating new habits and you know you're not the first person that said put a dog collar on me <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's a it's tough um it's a really tough transition and it's really being diligent about connecting your thought process to your body and and really you know just making that habit and committing to it yeah i have a question go right ahead linda sarah congratulations by the way on this very successful tournament out in casa grande i think i watched you play really enjoyed watching you um what is your practice like during the week like how many practices who do you practice against and what do you do well that's a that's a good question um especially if i'm getting ready for a tournament or a specific style of play like if i'm you know playing singles or doubles um i really try to make sure that i I get some single games in specifically which is not always easy at least a few times in the week i have a couple of partners you know around where i live i have you know i live next to wesley gabrielson tony tolinar um joy lies lane i mean i have a lot of people that i can practice with yeah um you know this afternoon i'm gonna go um we're gonna play on an outdoor surface that's indoors because we have a lot of rain here (laughs) so you know there's a particular court that we try to get to so we can use the outdoor ball which is it's a 45 minute drive and um, today i'm gonna play with you know bonnie williams wesley gabrielson and brian ashworth and we're gonna probably spend about three or four hours just playing mixed doubles back to back to back bonnie williams and i we practice quite a bit i've you know we played tennis together before she picked up we both picked up pickleball and we'll do half court drills honestly the same drills that i've shown in my videos you know where i'm dinking cross court dinking down the line you know dinking literally for 10 minutes every direction doing third shots up and back you know doing attacking drills doing drills where you're only allowed to attack when you're doing lobs 
um, very specified things where yeah. this is what we're working on today. And um, I may lose 20, 30 points doing it, but that's what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's kind of, you know, the best on-court stuff. Um, I do a lot of off-court stuff as well, the, the fitness part of it, about my footwork and my quickness on the court. I, I have lots of um, exercises and drills that I do on the court and off the court for those as well. Oh, I'd love to see videos on that too. I am going to start working on some videos where I'm showing a few more of my exercises that I do off the court and on the court to work on chasing down lobs and, and increasing that quickness. It is tough, <laughs> and they're probably a little bit longer videos. That's the only, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find some ways to get some shorter videos in there too. <laughs> no matter what length they are, they are definitely packed with a lot of good information. Let's go to the audience now, and uh, I'm going to unmute your microphone. Mark Del Vecchio, you are on live with... Linda Einsiedler uh, in Portland, Maine, and national women's champion Sarah Ansbury in Portland, Oregon. Mark, are you there? Yes, Chris. Uh, hi, how are you today? Good, Mark. Where are you calling from? Park City, Utah. All right. Well, welcome. Thanks. And hi, Linda. Hi, Sarah. Um, hi. My wife, Dana, hi, and I are looking forward to uh, coming up to La Casa for your retreat with uh, Gigi in July. Oh, wonderful. Yes, I'm really looking forward to that. Looks like it's, be a, it's a great place. Uh, my question for you, Sarah, is about partner selection. You can play with anybody. You know, and I've watched you play in Ogden and Brigham City, and you have multiple partners, and you play really well with everybody. And one of my goals is to be the best partner possible. Oh, that's a good what- goal. <laughs> it's a struggle. Um, yeah. <laughs> so one of the things is, what do you do when things aren't going right? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a really, really good question, actually. It's really tough. Being a good partner is just as hard as being a good player. You know, without good partners, you, you don't win tournaments. You don't win titles. It's just, uh, you know, it takes two people uh, to win. My goal every time I play with someone, no matter who it is, is I try to be as supportive as I possibly can at all times, no matter what. Um, If they make a mistake, I definitely do not want to get into a blame game of any sort. That's always a huge priority. My other rule is I have to trust that person. And I don't always do that very well. I mean, I've I've done pretty, you know, and when I do, that's when I win, you know. When I trust that my partner is going to do their job and commit to our plan and our strategy and and stick with it, that's the best outcome because I feel comfortable playing and then they also feel comfortable. And I know sometimes it puts a lot of pressure on the player to be playing with me. So I really want to make sure that I show them that I have that trust that, okay, you got it. When you don't do that, that's, you know, when it's the worst. I, you know, I I was playing with a good friend of mine, Cookie Drake. She's a phenomenal 5-0 player. And she turned to me and she said, Sarah, you're not trusting me right now. I said, you're right. I'm not. And I completely shifted, you know, what I was doing. And, And, you know, then we turn around and win. And, you know, because we've had that conversation before. The other thing that I find that's really super important <laughs> is when I am, when I do find myself like, oh my gosh, why did they do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, or, or frustrated, I force myself to laugh or smile, period. Because one, that's going to relax me. Um, it's going to relax my partner. Um, and two, I mean, that's literally all you can do. You got you to gotta move on. You know, you have to find a way mm-hmm. to move on and work your way through it. And, and sometimes just like when I laugh, it's like, all right. Well, now I can move on and uh, let's solve the problem that's in front of us. I think that's a really good uh, way to anchor yourself back to what you set yourself out to do with your partner. Yeah. Uh, 
And that's what's, what I'm looking for. When things don't go right, what's a way to anchor yourself back to what you plan to do yeah. when you start it? It's a tough one. It's it's really challenging for a lot of people. But I think if you you know you put your mindset on those things and you have all right, this is what I do. You know, it's really it, then it's much easier to work your way through it and yeah, anchor yourself just like you said. And that's something I noticed a, a few months ago. I feel like for me, it's hard to be aggressive. It's hard to play aggressively without turning into a ball hog. Do you ever run into that, Sarah? Oh, all the time. <laughs> it, I mean, oh gosh, that's probably my biggest struggle. Um, you know, when I first started, I, I played a lot of tournaments with you know people I didn't know or people I weren't I wasn't used to. Mm-hmm. And in women's when women's doubles, I take a lot of the court. I really take. I get really aggressive. And sometimes, you know, when I'm playing, you know, that's something we talk about first. All right, well, I'm going to be this far over. How do you feel about that? Um, and that's a big part of who I play with. And as long as they're comfortable with it, that's great. In mixed doubles, I have been getting a lot better about getting out of the way and setting up my men's partner. (laughs) Um, And that's something I work on. I work on not being as aggressive as is natural to me so that I can set my partner up for a better position. It's a, that's a tough battle. <laughs> I always think too, that it's probably a lot tougher for somebody who is a singles champion to turn that switch on and off of, I've got to cover the whole court to now I've got to share the court. It's definitely a different mentality when you're playing singles compared to doubles. And the biggest thing is that they're two very, very different games In singles. There's a lot more harder hitting and long, you know, shorter points and and doubles, there's a lot more, obviously, dinking and, and stuff. So, you know, for me, when it's singles day, I'm mentally preparing myself and physically preparing myself for a singles match. We've got a question here from Verlin, and he says he needs help uh, in returning slams. What is the key to that? Uh, somebody slams the ball at you. I've got something that I have kind of been doing lately, which is just putting the paddle lower than I think that I that I need to. And a lot of times I've been catching balls that way because it seems like they're always just a little bit lower than I think that they're going to be. So I, if I err on the low side, that helps me. What about you, Sarah? Probably the, the most important thing I, I find when I'm just kind of blocking that ball is to try to stay still and just get my paddle on it. You know, I'm just, I drop my paddle down. Yes, below my, usually below my waist. And I try to keep as still as I can and as loose as I can so I don't overreact and try to, you know, do too much with it. And it makes it much easier for me to kind of adjust my paddle to where that ball is going to go. The demonstration you did in the blocking video was really good. And we'll link to all these videos, by the way, in the show notes uh, here for this uh, for this podcast. But you you've made the analogy that it's kind of like you're high fiving where you, you yeah. put the paddle out and then you freeze and I thought that that was a, that was a, you painted a real good picture with words. And uh, I've used that since I've saw that video and it's been, it's been real handy. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, um, pro- you know, probably the toughest, one of the tougher things about pickleball is learning how to just do nothing <laughs> yeah. as much as possible. <laughs> the old less is more theory is always one of the, yes. yeah, one of the <laughs> toughest to learn. That's for sure. Considering who you play with, um, a lot of people have been talking about the evolution of the game. Um, it's going more towards a power game. And and you play with a lot of the power hitters, you know, the ex-pro tennis players that are now 5-0s. What are your thoughts about, about is the game changing? Um, when do you hit the third shot drop? I think definitely there's more power, there's more spin. You know, obviously with the two-handed backhand, you know, when you, the more you're seeing that. But now what you're seeing is, well, a dink to someone's backhand, if they've got two hands on there, they can use that, you know, non-dominant hand to really swoop up and put some top spin on it and create um, a shot that's, okay, well, now they're attacking the ball, whereas yeah. to normally they would be dinking the ball. 
So um, a lot of it is being, you know, just being more prepared all the time. Um, it doesn't leave a lot of room for error. Once that ball goes a little bit high enough, you have to expect that ball, you know, to be attacked. Yeah. Um, what I do is I actually, I practice attacking from different defensive positions. So um, I can kind of stay on the progressive side of that, you know, of how much there is attacking. I really think if you know how to block and if you know how to dink you can beat any power player because that's still where pickleball is as much as it is becoming more powerful and a lot more slams and stuff if you can neutralize that ball it puts you in an offensive position and so being better and better at that is always going to be on the a winning side of things most of the time the tough part is the harder people hit the harder it is to block that ball and slow it down right um, about the third shot, I have a I have a pretty easy rule um, when it comes to when I drive my third shot, and it's you know if it's short, I drive it every single time. That's just my rule of thumb. So if the return if, is short, you're going to hit a drive back. Yeah, if it's you know if about three feet of the back line, most of the time I'm gonna I'm gonna drop that instead of drive it. But sometimes, depending on the position or if my opponent is not say all the way up to the kitchen line. I'm probably going to drive it, and for me, I'm probably going to put some backspin on it so I can kind of set myself up a little bit better. But it is definitely important to mix that in, you know, mix that drive in with the drop um, and get good at it so that you can transfer forward and hopefully not be swinging on your back foot and falling away from the line, which is definitely not what you want when you're trying to attack the ball. Yeah, that's excellent advice. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to meeting you, Sarah, in Naples. Oh, wonderful. I look forward to that. Thank you, Linda. And Sarah Ansberry has graciously agreed to stick around for another episode of The Pickleball Show, so we'll check in with her again next week. And you can also share the court with Sarah, also Matthew Blom, Matt Staub, and Brame Carno, the pickleball guru, at Pickleball Summit, coming up July 15th, 16th, 17th, Charlotte north carolina that is the place to be it's going to be the ultimate pickleball training and playing event where these four pickleball all-stars are joining forces for one amazing weekend be part of it go to pickleballsummit.com we'll link to that in the show notes you really do need to be there july 15th 16th 17th charlotte north carolina the home of pickleball summit Looking forward to it, Sarah, and we'll check in with you next week. Happy to be here. And if you are listening to this podcast in the month of April, you need to know that now is the time to get your tickets to Pickleball Summit. They will never be more affordable than they are right now. Here's the deal. Buy one ticket at a regular price. Get a second ticket. That's right. Bring a partner for half price. 50% off. You and your partner can split the difference. That's like each of you saving 25%. It's going to be the best deal that we offer for Pickleball Summit. After the month of April, that deal expires. Tickets will never be this affordable again. So head over to pickleballsummit.com and uh, check it out. We've got the whole itinerary spelled out there for you. We've got bios of all four instructors. You're going to meet with each instructor each day. It is really going to take your game to the next level. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low.
The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.